Regardless of how many beasts I had, it was never enough. Never, never. <laughs> Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. Today we continue our first impressions of the Jagged Earth Spirits now that we finally have the finalized versions of them and have played as each and every one of them. Here we go again! I can't wait! Yes! Alrighty, it's just John and me again today. Laura peaced out because she's not a permanent member of this pocket. No, <laughs> and will not be invited back. After some of her other comments, the board decided that she wasn't an ex. <laughs> the board being me and you. It was a unanimous vote. Just kidding. She was deemed as a non-essential. I worker. love you, baby. <laughs> oh, hi, Laura. Please don't kill me. <laughs> no, just us again today. We're going to get right back into it. We left off on Fractured, and we are going to go into Starlight. Starlight. What an enigma of a spirit wow i feel like the more i know about starlight the less i know about starlight i know exactly what you mean <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> i feel like i can talk so much on starlight but you also can say so little right well it's weird because every choice you make with starlight it's like was that the right one what would have happened if i did this other choice too late now right my first game if i'm like thinking back a first impression mm-hmm. of starlight was my first game yeah. we all know that story of laura Cho Stone. <laughs> So I was, which was comedy, by the comedy way. Comedy gold. <laughs> so it. I was Starlight, and it was fun. Yeah. You know, just kind of overwhelming. This is a spirit you want to play over and over again. Yeah. I will say what my build was, because I think that's interesting. Yeah. Everyone does different builds. This is a spirit where you can actually have yeah. a build. It's, it's Or at least a lot more so than other characters. I kind of forced the build. Yeah. Because I think if I would play Starlight again, I would go based on what cards I'm drawing, based on right. those elements or something. Right. I, I mean, you can pick the coalescing nature spots to be a certain element even if you don't have those cards i guess starlight is weird to me where it's not a spirit you ever like think first when you're making a team right whenever we're talking we're like hey what's this team no it's true what's like this ultimate team or team water or like blight team we never bring up starlight well when you're making a team you always look at the things that each of those members can offer so we need an offense guy we need a defense guy or whatever like you can pick a team team or something but usually the point i'm making is usually you look at someone who has a very specific role, quote unquote role. Well, the thing is, is Starlight could kind of be all of them. Yeah. Like any role you wanted to be support, to be offensive, to be defensive, mobile, whatever. You could be like, hey, I have a three player game that I'm doing. Cool. What do you have? I have Lightning and I have Nightmare on the team. Okay, well, that means that we have some control, we have some fear, and we have some offense. So we don't really have utility or defense. So pick Starlight to be in there and you can kind of go there. I but wouldn't though because I would choose like green. I'll choose Earth. green or you, Earth you know what I'm saying? Right, no, or I, I would too, right. <laughs> it's just like they're never your first thoughts. Okay, this was my analogy. Starlight to me is like Aldi's. I don't know if everyone... Hey! Hey! I don't know if that's just like a Midwestern <laughs> type grocery yes. store. Aldi's the best. <laughs> but they don't often sell name brand. Right. It's just like a generic version and I feel like that's what Starlight is. It's not... If you want to go control, yeah, don't you can you use Starlight. I shop at Aldi, it's cheaper, but they're usually less good (laughs) than like, I don't know, name brand like uh, Heinen's or Giant Eagle or Mm -hmm. Trader Joe's. What I'm saying is if I wanted a control Dahan user, yeah, I could use Starlight and focus on air or whatever uses the Dahan or the moon. But I'd rather just be Thunderspeaker. Why not just do Thunderspeaker? Why not just buy the name brand of Kraft Mac and Cheese? Right. Yeah. So... (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> on that angle, I think maybe the best way to describe the value of being able to do anything, even if that anything could be done better by someone else, okay. is the idea that you can have a second copy of that mm. other person. Like, who controls Dahan exactly like Thunderspeaker? Just Thunderspeaker, really. Yeah, yeah. So what if we try to build someone who's very much like Thunderspeaker? Yeah. So in a way, you kind of have two Thunderspeakers. Or, I don't know. Who can defend, like, Earth? 
No one. No one really. Not no in the same really. way. So let's go build Starlight to be a lot like Earth. So you can kind of have like pseudo Earth and actual Earth. Like right. two Earths. Or whatever. And you could be whatever you want to be with My Starlight. build with Starlight was very offensive. I mm. chose the Fire Burns, Water Soothes. And ah, the fire one. Yes. Where I focus a lot on fire. I didn't do as mm-hmm. much with the water. Laura did as well. I know. I All don't right. know if it's just like damage equals good in our like. <laughs> Such a caveman. It is just like boom, boom, <laughs> blow it up. I like boom, boom. boom. I go, I make fire. <laughs> but it is like one fear, two damage. Yeah. And, but then I also did because there's obviously different growth tracks that right. you can kind of manipulate and choose. I chose the two damage at range zero during your growth. Yeah. Who else can do that other than wildfire Dude, that to do one damage? Is such a hard choice because look what your other one is. You can make a power fast. I know. And you get an additional card play. So it's like right now in a land that I am in. Do I do two damage or do I get plus one card play and I can make one of my slow powers fast? Both of those are so nice. It's so nice. It's, it's a so big shame difficult. that you can't do both, but of course I think it'd kind of be okay. It's kind of how you balance it. Yeah. But I was just like this damage dealing spirit, which was cool. Right. I feel like I was kind of wildfire and yeah. kind of lightning to do okay. like a two damage, but neither the best of those. Right. Somewhere betwixt the middle. He but did. the cool thing is, though, is that you're not exclusively fire. What else did you go down? So I also went down sun. Oh, you did say you wanted to do sun for Carver and fear. Yeah. So I chose fire and sun and I got like a fear damage type yeah. spirit. You were so a hot star. It was fun to, like you know, juice always or... get three fear and then yeah. you got to gain energy. That's dope. Here's what I want to do. With a star, I can go down a rabbit hole. I would pick this and this and this. I want to do one quick rabbit hole. I want to try a zero reclaim build. I remember I told you. told you about this. Yes. Someone okay. did it online and you're like, I got to try it, I got to try it, but I kind of came up with my own thing. So for the first track, you can reclaim half. I would choose the yeah. other option of gain a power card, move a presence. Yeah. Then the second one, I would do gain three energy. Mm-hmm. And then the third track, I would do gain a power card, gain one energy. Yeah. And then on the last one, I wouldn't do the damage one. I would do the bonus card play like, and make a power Sure. Pass. Yeah. So what I would do here. It's like a high card play build. High card play, high energy, and I would gather up a lot of miners, and then I think I would switch to majors. I think that you could do it because you would have a ton. Let's not forget you have that one. What is that one card? Boon of Reimagining or Boon something? Boon of Reimagining. Where you can draw six miners, and then you can keep two. Yeah. Instead of the normal draw four and keep one. I remember in my game, I used that card a bunch of times, and it was really cool to be like, man, look at this fan deck. You know yeah. what I mean? It felt like I had like one of those oriental fans, because <laughs> like, the cards in my hand were so spread wide. It yeah. was like one of those oriental fans. And I was like, man, I get to pick two of these? This is like a buffet. I it love is. it. Like, I think Thunderspeaker, I think in Reclaim, you get to like gain two power cards. Correct. When she reclaims, yes. Thunderspeaker can get two power cards in addition to right. reclaiming the card. Anyway, you can do a million different builds, but I think the next time my second playthrough of Starlight would be the Z Zero reclaim high card play. And then once I build up this hand of miners, I'm going to start going to majors. Yeah. And then just see what damage I can do. Because if I choose the option of one extra card play, you also can make one power fast. Yeah. And many majors that deal damage are slow. The yeah. big ones. But yep. if I could do like briny deep in the fast. fast, that'd be really cool. Right. And Starlight can do three options for growth. It's crazy. Most spirits can do one. You have a selection of three. You pick one. You can pick one of three. Some spirits are, oh, you can pick two of four. I love like those pick twos. And then there's Starlight. You can pick three of 12. Like, what? Did you get overwhelmed <laughs> with that? Honestly, as an experienced player in quotations, I would forget yeah. the third one. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, shoot. I needed to do <laughs> another one. I should have done like two or something. You know, I found myself doing two. Like, I need to do these two. Okay. And then what's my third? Eh, it can be anything. Sometimes. Sometimes it was like, I really need all three of these. Most of the time, it's like, I need these two. And my third one could be an auxiliary one on the mm. side. Let's see. What growth option do I have on? locked that would just simply benefit me oh gain some energy let's do it sometimes that looked like reclaim one because you start with that sometimes it was just gaining energy because it looked like that mm-hmm. or maybe moving around a bit because you can scoot but yeah it was addicting to do three growth options because like, i'll do this and i'll do this and i'll do this sweet i was trying to think of like a theme team i think mm. heal blight team because yeah. with three water you can yeah. remove blight you can be a really good blight vacuum if you do the water route pair this with like green earth and downpour right, right. there's gonna be no blight in the island Especially if you go down the reclaim one track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you do a growth option build where you can always reclaim some of your cards yeah. and get those back. That was one of the things that was so cool. Usually some characters can 
can get caught in a reclaim loop where you have a really cool card. You're like, man, this card or these cards are awesome. I want to use them all over the time. Over and over again. Right. This is the basic struggle with lightning players is trying to avoid the infamous reclaim loop. But one thing that was cool for me in my game that I will talk about in a little bit was since I was basing my turns off of two actions from my girl, I always had one growth action left to maybe get some of my cards back. And mm-hmm. so every now and then I was doing like reclaim loops. But it was fine because I was basing my turn off of two actions and always using the third this to get some cards back. This is the one spirit that can get away with a, right. a reclaim loop without right. a penalty. Right. Ignoring all the other spirits in the game that perhaps have a reclaim one or two on their tracks. But it was so cool to grab a cool card or cool cards and to constantly, well, I'm going to get it back and get it back and get it back. And seeing how I'm always getting these cards back, if it's a card that I like that's giving me the elements I like, mm. I'm always hitting my elements. If you so if reclaim, you did go yeah. down the water route and you were doing, let's say you're basing your strategy off of a budget of two growth actions each mm-hmm. turn, then that third one can always be on reclaim and you can always get your water cards back so that every turn you are always removing, removing light. I think that'd be a really strong strategy of this build of a spirit. Let's see. If you said team light removal, my first thought goes to Earth. Earth was my first one to come up. It's Earth, Keeper, Green, Downpour, and maybe Starlight. Yeah. Because Green can get rid of Blight, mm-hmm. although him probably the least easy because he has a high level innate for a second one that he has to get but to. You but you upgrade so fast. You, gotta, you get upgrade so fast, it's doable. Yeah. Keeper can get rid of Blight, but on specific lands, mm-hmm. but it's one of his starting cards, so he has access to it right away. Earth, of course, Earth. I don't even need to talk about yeah. Guard the Healing Land. In my opinion that is the best blight removing card in the game and a good defend card it's a great defend card because it does both defense and blight removal yeah. but it can go in any land mm. so it's not limited many yeah. blight cards have to go in a jungle or a sand or a mountain or a wetland but that one eh, doesn't matter can go in any land downpour is just a ridiculous blight vacuumer yeah like the potential you can have to clean up the board with that would downpour be a fun is team. I think and, then, and sure starlight could definitely fit right in yeah it makes me want to play starlight i guess i'm trying to get myself excited because i like spirits that are good at one thing. I think that's why yeah. I like Finder so much. Like yeah. penultimate there you go. of control. Right. Starlight yeah. is just yeah. like, meh. <laughs> and, and a lot. But like talking like this is getting me right. more and more excited. We have a list of various games with various characters that we want to try. Some are thematic lists, some are silly lists. Mm-hmm. And one of our silly lists is we want to do a two-player game with double Starlights. Yeah, Each of us are playing Starlight. You just bring your copy and I'll bring my copy. I and both of us would play Starlight. I just want to see how it would work. I want to <laughs> see how crazy it can be. Is it technically balanced? Probably not. I don't care. I think it'd be eh, a lot of fun. Whatever. Life House is... rules. Right, exactly. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> but not too much because most of you hated us for <laughs> <laughs> We've changed. <laughs> and anyway. I do want to do Shifting Memory Starlight game. Yes, I know that would be cool because up. Shifting Memory can bank elements and he can shuttle past Starlight mm-hmm. some of those elements. And since Starlight can make use of many of those elements, that oh, would be yeah. really cool. It would be like we've talked yeah. about this Sage Master yep. teaching this new apprentice. Yes, like the one of those Samurai Ronin movies. One card I liked a lot in the beginning of the game was Peace of the Nighttime Sky oh. where they don't ravage. Dude, I used that card like either every turn or every other turn as often as I possibly yeah, that was good, could in, yeah. until it was truly <laughs> yeah. unable to be used again. I use that card all the time as often as I could and I think you should too it's such a great card and I think it's like one of those stall mechanism. perfect cards that Starlight needs because <laughs> Starlight is so weak in the beginning I know because you're, like, you're going to be finding like what do I want to be who do I want to be what mechanics do I want to do so that's when you're at your most vulnerable so what a great clutch card great idea whoever thought of that oh, one yeah. I don't know who thinks of all the cards if it's Eric exclusively or other people like Ted and whatnot or Jeff who's on the team over there that is like contributing to the construction of all Spears. But whoever collectively thought to make Peace in the Nighttime Sky, props to you. That is such a fantastic card. It may be kind of obvious to some people, but maybe not to others. But Oh, oh it's... I mean, this game obviously is a deck builder, but this spirit is literally yeah. a deck building right. spirit, where you start <laughs> off with nothing, and your cards either right. stall, or right. you get more minor powers. Right. So... Just for the purposes of clarity and mental refreshment of what does Peace of the Nighttime Sky do, for those of you who perhaps may not know of this card or maybe you just forgot what it did it's a fast one costing card that says if the terror level is one invaders do not ravage and target land this turn 
I think that is so incredibly helpful because you can stop a Ravage early game, mm-hmm. which would be so oh so very light nice. or something. Yeah, and don't you lose can, to Han. Right, and on the arcade style board, they're always attacking you in two places. So this means that so long as this card is in play and you keep playing this card, you only have to worry about one. To me, in my game, that was like so it's helpful. Very clutch. Yeah. Fun fact is you may repeat this power, but if you do so, you forget this power card and you gain a moon element. So I never did that. I did on the final time. Oh, I should have. Because that one's yeah. like, it's been helping you, it's been helping you, it's been helping you. Then you can repeat the power, and on an arcade-style board, they're always attacking you in two places with normal rule sets. Obviously, I understand if you're going up against an adversary or there's an event that makes him ravage twice. I understand that this card won't be as strong in that situation. But, point being, you can stop two ravages for the final time you use this card. That's smart. So it's like one of those, hey, it's been great, have fun, and while I'm on my way out, I'm gonna, like, double my effect. All right, <laughs> So long, which is really nice. It's been holding your hand this whole time. So this card is like the parent that's guiding the child on the bicycle that has training wheels. And then when this card goes away, it's like the parent letting go and like, all right, you have formed. You have formed. Get out there. Go get him, buddy. It's encouraging you while it goes away. While the help is now removed, it's like encouraging you along the way. That's the kind of vibe. Yeah. Again, a great character design or spirit design. I never felt too overpowered, but I always felt like I was doing something or options. So definitely one I want to relook at, replay again. So with Sun and Fire, it's like the incendiary solar Mm -hmm. build. It was very scary. It was. It's scary. It's destructive. That was my build. It was a good build. You know, we won the game and we did a good job. But Mm -hmm. I want to try different things now. Very hot spirit. That was my game. Right on. Well, my Starlight game was a two-player game when I played Starlight, and I played along with Many Minds Move as One. Ironically, this is not the first time for me that Many Minds and Starlight Seeks Its Form were on the field together. You may remember that in our very first game of Jagged Earth, it was a four-player game with you, me, my brother, and Laura, Mm -hmm. and it was Mist, Downpour, Many Minds, and Starlight. And I was like, hey! That game was still fresh in my mind when this game came up because I was Starlight, and another friend of mine was playing Many Minds and he wasn't a part of that first game of ours. But when he picked it, it's just like one of those, hey, this is kind of like a fun coinky <laughs> yeah. you know. Anyway, so it was a two-player game with Many Minds. So that means that Many Minds is kind of like a action-stopping defender and Starlight can be anything. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe I should probably go, let's do maybe control offense. Like this is where my mind was thinking sure. because I'm like, well, control is... Is I it overwhelming at first? When I at first, first look at the board and I'm like setting up up my presence pieces i'm like what am i getting myself i can definitely see that recently in real life i've started to try to say yes to more things and i've noticed that to be decisive in a lot of things is very beneficial where it's like all right this is happening uh uh uh, i'm just gonna do this go for it Mm. and you learn whatever lesson and move forward so when i saw this i could definitely see the whole what am i gonna do what am i gonna do i think my high school self would look at this for like 30 minutes not do anything my adult self would be like "Eh, my gut says this i'm gonna go for it I had, like, in the back of my mind, but what if that's the wrong choice? I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to go for it. Okay. So, for me, I looked at this. I looked at it for about maybe a minute or two. I was like, okay, I'm looking at my options, looking at my options, looking at my options. Okay, okay. I'm going to do this one. I'm just going to go for it. Let's just go. See what happens. Let's see what happens. I like that. So, oh, by the way, I had a comment in my mind that I forgot promptly when you were saying, if you did your no reclaim build, I'm like, you're basically trickster (laughs) in a way, you know, very random, very random, constantly getting card play. So, anyway, back to my game. So, when I looked at my board, I'm like, well, we have control covered and we have fear covered and some defense covered. In my opinion, defense is something that can always be spammed. Like, that's not a bad thing if you have that one spammed. Fear, if fear is spammed, it's like, well, we don't necessarily need three fear guys. Like, yeah, it's possible. But fear, when your character is a fear guy, you're really starting to lack in a lot of other things if that's all your team is. Because offense is really important. Defense is really important. Control is really important. If it's only fear, basically just sprinting through the fear right, deck, hopefully right, to win before right. you light out. Basically, whenever I have a fear guy on the team, I'm thinking, as far as offense, defense, and control, the team is a bit weaker because of this fear guy. So we're going to have to find this unique dance we have to play with this game. But since he is here, we're going to have to do this unique dance a little bit shorter than usual. Mm. So because fear characters accelerate the game's end. On the converse, if I don't have a fear character on the team, okay, what do we 
we have? We have two defenders, two attackers, and a control guy. Wow, we are solid. We are going to be really good with basic stats. Problem though is that whatever rhythm we find, we're going to have to do this rhythm for a while. Yes. Why? Because we don't have a fear guy. So your rhythm won't be as safe if you have a fear guy on the team because usually fear characters don't contribute as much offense and defense as other characters who aren't fear guys will do. But what's cool though is that whatever rhythm you do have to find, albeit harder because a fear guy is there, mm-hmm. you will have to do it not as long. You can do it for not as long because the fear guy is accelerating the game state. Anyway, so we I was had saying- spoilers or sneak peek we had a fear game of mist and shadows recently oh, yes. and that went pretty well and i don't want to get too much into it that I, was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun but it seemed to work out well but mist does a lot you asked me why are you liking mist so much since mm-hmm. you like defenders and at the time i said well mist reminds me a lot about green and you know it's true it's still true but i was really thinking about that question because it does seem kind of weird like he is so not like Just all my other guys yeah. i think the idea of having a fear guy that is a little more involved than usual when compared to other fear guys was for some reason really intriguing to me. And I love the mobility. It is kind of weird. Even self-reflecting, like I'm looking at all my favorites and they're all defenders. Yeah. Except for Mist, who is a mobile attacker. Now, to be fair, my gallivanting with Sharp Fangs probably helped because Mm -hmm. Fangs is also a mobile fear-causing attacker. Their stats are identical. Right, and I want to get into this later, but Mist is Sharp Fangs 2.0. I will defend that statement in a later episode, but it is a little different. Not exactly. And not limited to Blight. But until we get into that, look at both of their summaries of powers. Sharp Fangs Behind the Leaves, summary of powers and shroud of silent mists summary of powers and tell me which one is which Anyway, back to Starlight. Back to Starlight. So, I had a two-player game with many minds, and we won with a fear victory. Oh, Another what? fear victory. This was my fourth of all it time. Was a rare. So, we were able to be incredibly scary. And like I said, I don't know how many fear victories you've gotten when playing this game. Most likely it's Terror Level 3. I haven't kept track. Yeah. but For it's... me, it's very, very much so Terror Level 3. If I had to think off the top of my head, I would say my most is Terror Level 3, then Terror 2, then fear victories. Those three. Because I've never done a Terror level one victory that's what i was gonna say i want to see if i can do it i've been give me a lure solo game and i think i can do it i've been trying on steam because it's so easy to set up because it does it i'm trying to do a lightning one just Mm. like base difficulty i just want to do it to say i've done it and see if i can just like blow up enough towns and cities right and get everyone off do you see that one guy on bgg who won a solo game with lightning on turn four no he quite literally had the perfect storm Mm. with card draw and fear cards. Okay. And it was... And I know Terror Level 1 is basically luck. Is really hard, yeah, to acquire. And you're going to need a lot of beneficial card draws and fortunate luck there. But still, I'm like, that is not. Nice. I think Lure might be able to... Yeah, it's just... Lure might be able to might do Might be able to. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry that I keep going off topic here. But going back to Starlight and the game that I had, it was my fourth fear victory of all time, mm. which is kind of funny because in our game where we had Downpour Mist, Shroud Silent Mist and Many Minds, that was a fear victory as well. So I was like, hey, these guys keep getting fear victory. That made sense <laughs> to me because we had Mist and Minds who yeah. are fear boys for sure. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. So one thing that was kind of funny is if you're not familiar with Starlight, you will quickly learn this. And if you are familiar with Starlight, this won't be new. It is very much incentivized to get rid of all of your cards or at least most of them. A lot of your cards give you benefits from when you get rid of them. So yeah, by the end of the game, I literally had one of my starting cards left. Not even kidding. The only one I had held on to was Boon of Reimagining, which is a card that lets you grab six miners and keep two of them. I kept that one because I wanted to still have an avenue to get a lot of new cards. So by the end of the game, I had 11 cards. One of them was unique. 11. Two of them were majors, and the other eight were minors. You picked up majors. How unlike you. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing. When you spam Boon of Reimagining, you're going to have a lot of minor powers. Yeah. A lot of minor powers. And some of them you're going to be like, eh, 
I don't need any of these. True. So, whoop. It was so great to be weapons-free to get rid of cards. I had a hand of 11, and I even had some majors, but only one unique card. And that was because most of them are meant, quote-unquote, meant to be gotten rid of. No, you don't have to get rid of them, but you really should, because one of them, Peace of the Nighttime Sky, literally becomes useless. <laughs> I know. It was just in my hand. I'm like, I can't get rid of it because we're past our level 1. Right. I think I played it once for the element. You can play it for element. Yeah, that's was, but quite, for one energy. Oof. Yeah, there's only two uses I can think of. A, the element, and B, if so someone played a card where it's like, oh, target spirit gains energy based on how many cards they played this yeah, turn. That's a good hey, point. There's one. But that's really dumb <laughs> to keep that card. Just get rid of it. It's meant to be gotten rid of. So anyway, I spammed card draw as often as possible. Okay. The more flexible the spirit, the more I'm like, get me new cards! Just, <laughs> I need them so bad. So when I hear flexible spirits, I'm thinking of shifting memory. I'm thinking of fractured days, starlight. More so than most other spirits, I'm like, I need new cards. Yeah. And so you have more choices with more cards you have. Although that goes a bit further with Starlight because not only do you have more choices, you can do more innates mm. with different elements. And of course, if you want a certain build, you can look for those specific elements. For me, as far as my build, I actually went down the mobile route. Okay. And one of the reasons why was because one of my early cards that I found was Steam Vents. Ooh. And I just played a game not long ago where I played down who is also a mobile spirit who made great and effective use with that very same card since it has a range zero requirement. You've been loving the mobile characters. I wonder, like, if you go back There's to like Earth, a hidden subconscious would you like, be bored if you went longing back? maybe, I don't would know. Would you be bored if you went back to Earth or one of the... I don't know. Well, here's the thing about mobile people. I treat them as if they're stationary dudes until I dramatically need to not be there or something. Okay. And so basically I play as if I'm not a mobile guy except for the times when i do i don't <laughs> always use my mobility but when i do except when i do <laughs> <laughs> anyway i just played a game with downpour where it was proven to me how valuable and how cool of a combo the steam vents card can be when you are playing as someone who can move mm. because you can move over to a load explorer and ping, just pick them off so in the fast i had that in my memory when i was playing as this character and i was like oh steam vents Perfect! And since I have a mobile option even to start the game with, I was like, you know what? I might just go more mobile mm. again because that was so much fun and stopping a lone explorer from building yields you so much pressure relief in future turns. And I was like, oh man, that really worked great for downpour. I'm going to do it again. So I grabbed Steam Vents when I saw it and this game, I went and did all three of the mobile options. Nice. So I did, I took option two and four, which is gain a power card and you get plus one card play and you can move a presence. So I wasn't having too much problems with energy and I didn't really pick a whole lot of energy grabbing options okay. because a lot of the cards I found were very cheap and I quickly went down my energy track. So energy actually wasn't too bad. So I didn't feel as if I was missing out on losing some energy gain when I covered up some of my energy actions mm -hmm. because, you know, whenever you unlock one of these two, you pick one, you get one for the rest of the game and the other one is actually locked to you so you can't do it. So I picked the moving a presence one and I permanently lost the ability to gain three energy. Anyway, so I went down the mobile route and it was very fun. What was my build? I went earth, air, and fire. Okay. So I did offense, defense, and I had some air to shove people around. So a little bit of control, a little bit defense, a little bit offense. I think next time I would spread mine out because I went more flame and sun like we talked about for right. fear. And I like that you did three different ones. Yeah, ironically, all three of us, and when I say three of us, I mean you, me, and Laura, each one of us did fire. Mm. I think it's kind of funny. Something nice is about having that two damage. It's consistent damage yeah. in this game that I think is rare. Every single Even when phase. you play as an attacker, you're like, boy, what's just an honest, simple damage card? Well, this one says destroy this. This one lets me manipulate people. This one, huh, I have a few, but this expensive. I felt as if this was like a really good budget damaging ability. One fear, two damage. If you take out a town, that's two fear. One yeah. from the ability and one from killing the town. If there's a bad land, you can take right. out a city. whack a mole a town every single turn. It was fantastic. Anyway, so earth, air, and fire. What do those do? Well, earth lets you defend five. The air one lets you push two explorers or a town. But what's really important though is that's a fast power. 
time. Mm -hmm. It's a controlling, manipulating power, but it's fast. Pretty rare. Rare and really useful, especially for the pushing a town or explorers. That is really good when it's fast because you can go and quickly, yoink, push someone out of there. Personally, I like gather more than I do push. Okay. Because gather, I can pull people away from more places than I can get them into a spot, I feel. Pushing, yes, it does the exact same thing. And you can push a lot of people to a lot of areas. Usually, I push my people into the same spot, usually. Yeah. Maybe only because I'm like, where's my problem spot? Make that the problem spot. I don't want to make multiple problem spots. Anyway, so it's push, but I guess what I'm trying to say is since it's push, I felt that it was really a good combo with all of my mobility. I could move over to a spot push and quickly get those guys out of there. Luckily, it is range one. Yeah. So even if I didn't have mobility, it's still not bad. But since I did have mobility, I can be like, yoink. And what's go. cool, what I'm seeing from your build is that because that's a fast, you're pushing in the fast, but obviously you can't do every land to push everything. So say something slips through the cracks, mm -hmm. then you have your damage in the slow. If something, right. if an explorer did build a town, boom, just yeah. blow it up in the slow. Yep. That's a, like, all your bases are covered with that build. Yep. So I did earth, air, and fire. Earth, I already said, was defend. Air was push explorers or a town, which is fast. And then fire, which we've already said, was two damage and a fear. Between these three abilities, I was actually doing a really decent job yeah. at board control because I would defend five all the time. So that stops one of the ravages. The other ravage was probably stopped or hindered by the fact that I was constantly using steam vents, mm. which means that there wasn't as many cities because they weren't building as much yeah. because that dude died and he never built because he died. So I had a lot of surprisingly clear areas, which is pretty dope. So between those three abilities, I think that that was a really solid build. I wasn't expecting air to actually be my third focus. I primarily went for earth and fire, and then I was just looking at my cards for which of my cards between them all have a third element as well that's common, and I was getting a lot of air. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw air in here, and I'm so glad that I did yeah. because it worked really well with fire and air. One thing that was so incredibly useful was I found found unrelenting growth mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite cards yes. simply because it lets you put a ton of presents out there i love unrelenting growth even if you don't reach its threshold it's still really nice because target spirit gets to add two presents and a wild token to a land that is within range one that's just its base effect so this means that you get to upgrade twice so Insane. i didn't mind making a sacred site into a spot because i could move a lot of that presence so that's one thing i do like about mobile characters. Do you need a sacred site? Yeah. All right, let me go make one. Bing, bing. Done. There you are. Hey, do I need the sacred site anymore? Not really. I'll just take it down. <laughs> like you can construct and deconstruct your sacred sites at will. But this card let me upgrade a lot faster. So I was able to get my starlight all the way fully upgraded, Whoa. which was awesome. That is. I talked about getting steam vents, but I also got desiccating winds, which by the way, desiccating winds is quickly, quickly becoming one of my favorite new cards. I know I've said that before, but <laughs> Desiccating Winds is so fantastic. That is the card that says it can only go in a mountain or a sand, but if target land has a Badlands, one damage. Then add one Badlands. The thing that's so cool about this one is you can do damage and you spit Badlands with it. So at first it does no damage because it says do one damage per Badlands. But if there are none, then it does nothing. But then at the end, you add a Badlands. What's cool with this card is that it gets better the more and mm. more times you use it on the same land. Because then if target land has a Badlands, one damage, which is one damage, but there's a Badlands in there. So it's actually two. Then you add a Badlands. Next time you do it, it's three. It's four, then five, then six, then seven, then yeah. eight, then nine, then ten. So if you repeat this card over and over and over again, it becomes a major power once you've invested in this one over and over and over again, which is exactly what it was. I made one of my coastal lands one of these such places, and it was so fantastic because, you know, they're coming a lot on the coasts. You know, a lot of bad guys like to go on the coast. Oh, yeah. That's where they're always exploring. You can't stop it unless you have an isolation or earth or like wild. an action skipping or a wild token. But those aren't really too common. So, being 
being able to constantly repeat this card over and over and over again to get this kill box. I like calling them a kill box mm -hmm. when you set up like a lot of Badlands tokens. That's a kill box. And I had an air innate power, which was amazing, to assist with my kill boxes. I had defense to hold them back. I had fire to do some damage. And I had air to get them into my kill boxes. Anyway, going back to Steam Vents and Desiccating Winds specifically, these were easily my most used cards. Mm -hmm. Because you were reclaiming a lot, right? I was actually. I was reclaiming a lot. One thing I already said a little bit earlier yeah. was basically I was basing my turn off of two growth options. Then my third was usually my flex. Okay. I was like, let me do this and let me do that. And so every now and then I would do reclaim for my flex action mm. and just get all my stuff back. Anyway, both of these cards, Steam Vents and Desiccating Winds, each give me earth, air, and fire. Yes, they give you some other ones, but I was always getting those ones because each of these cards had all three of those. I already talked about how mobility and steam vents paired wonderfully, but when I went to my coalescing nature spots, I picked two of them to be earth, one of them to be air, and one of them to be fire. One thing that was so crazy, guys, was because of this, it was ridiculously, ridiculously easy for me to go and trigger those three innates every single time. The air innate, the the earth innate and the fire innate. After turn five, I was able to trigger those three innates every single wow. turn. Every single turn. That's awesome. It didn't matter. I always had enough cards and those elements to constantly do it. For the earth one, I just needed to play a single earth element. And for the other two, I just needed to play two cards that had an mm. earth and air. But like I said, since Desiccating Winds and Steam Vents both had all three, if I played just those two cards, I have all three innates. Wow. With just those two cards alone. It was fantastic. And Steam Vents has the threshold where you can destroy a town. Yeah, it actually gets better. Yeah. So one thing that was cool though is I talked about though that last growth option. Which one do you pick? Both of them are awesome. Do you take immediately do two damage in a land that you are in or do you go and get plus one card play this turn and you can play one of your slow powers as if it were fast? Well because I was fired and I was doing damage a lot and because I was so mobile I actually did the first. Okay. Because it says at range zero do two damage. So I would do a growth option prior to this one where I moved. Then I chose that one and did damage. So I felt like I was doing a lead the furious assault kind of thing with Thunder speak right quickly move someone but in a way that's reminiscent of wildfire do damage right away but don't blight like wildfire right oh, it better. was fantastic i loved it i feel as if this is more like the dumb option because it doesn't require as much thought like the caveman thing I okay yeah, yeah. like i do damage <laughs> <laughs> hey whatever gets but plastic it, off the board it was a lot of fun and incredibly effective mm -hmm. to just go and bing 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 and just move here two damage move here two damage and that was in the growth phase that was really helpful in tandem with a ability that I had to move people and do two damage with my other innate to also do two more damage as well. I talked about the fact that I was spitting Badlands all the time. So when I have a fire innate that's always doing damage for me and I have this growth option, which is doing two damage, a lot of the time that actually turned into four or six. Nice. Just with those alone because of all the Badlands tokens. It was fantastic. It was great. I loved it. So one thing that's really cool is my Starlight game, I actually documented. So when I say documented, I mean I posted all the pictures and I talked about it on our Facebook page. So I will put a link to that in the description below. And so if you want to see some pictures of that game and some more additional details about it, it will be there waiting for you to check out. It's really if, cool. It's like turn by turn, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not like literally every turn, but I do get into it a lot. But yeah. if you'd like to physically see pictures of the board and this game that I did, that is a resource that is available to you. So one last final note is Gold's Allure was also a fantastic card, and I'm starting to like Gold's Allure a lot better. Is that the one where you have to be in a mountain, or does it go towards a mountain? The target land must be a mountain. Okay. And it gave me a fire and an earth element, which is very good because I needed fire and earth. But it just simply says gather one explorer and one town and then strife one of them, mm. which is great. Technically, it just says add a strife. So you don't have to strife one of those two. It's just gather an explorer and a town and then you add a strife. But what's cool though is my noob self, when I first saw this card a long time ago, thought, meh, pulling people to a mountain, eh, it's not so good. I don't really like this card because I don't really want to push people. It's kind of really specific and whatnot. I kept forgetting though that when you gather people, it can be from any adjacent land not the same one. Mm. So that could be multiple lands you're pulling from. 
And if you have a Central Mountain, I'm starting to like this card. And as I've gotten better with the game, seeing how it's free, it's zero energy. And you can keep automatically grabbing Strife, which mm-hmm. is really nice. So you can make a mountain into a problem spot if you want, but you strife so many of them, keep that's striking. not really so bad. So that was one of the spots that I had used Desiccating Winds, because Desiccating Winds can go on a mountain. So I kept grabbing people in with Gold Delure, and it can move towns. And it's a free card. Yes, it's slow. But what's cool, though, is that it can do both Explorers and Towns. So it was really useful for me, because I'm like, oh, grab this guy. Oh, grab this guy. Between my air innate power and Gold Delure, I was able to keep a lot of places completely clear because of the fact that each of these cards in their own way moved towns and explorers. Now I know that your innate is or you choose or but I'm saying that you have the capability to do both and as a result I was actually able to have a lot of clarity on my board as a result. It was really cool. So anyway that was Starlight Seeks Its Form. Strong build you had there. I liked it. I kind of want to try it again only because I want to see how viable it is. I did get really lucky though with a lot of my cards. Not gonna lie you're drawing cards so much that luck might just continue that's true that's true you're drawing six and luckily that peace in the nighttime sky is buying you time and time is what you need to, to go and hand. grab new yeah to build a hand and get more stuff so anyway on to many minds boy many minds this was a interesting game for me because it was a solo game and I feel as if solo games are arguably the most different that you're probably going to get. Simply because you don't have anyone that can help you with any of your stuff. You're kind of on your own and you can only blight once. If you blight twice, the card flips. And that can be really punishing for yeah. a solo game. So, Many Minds. This character has great control and great fear generation. Also, great defense and action prevention capabilities. That is really, really nice. I feel as if this character is really great on quickly getting to a spot and going nope 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 and stopping a thing my only warning though to players is that this character has no offense and i mean that literally the beta version had very little offense a single card i don't remember it what the was it? final version has none no offense at all the one that used to do it was a Dreadful Tide of Scurrying Flesh, which let you remove beasts to skip actions. But for each beast that you remove, it was you can grab some fear, you can skip an action, and you can do one damage per mm. beast that's removed this way. It's basically the same thing, only that last part isn't no there anymore. But it gives you two fear, which is nice for every beast that's removed. So for me, it was really interesting to see a character that could stall. Defending with ease and skipping actions with ease, it was great to see the stalling capabilities that this character had. I think this character will be notably better in a multiplayer game. I don't think the strength of this character completely shine in a solo game because yes, you can stall with really great consistency, but when you are doing all of your focusing and all of your efforts and attention is on stalling only on a solo game, that's actually quite difficult because none of your problems are actually getting solved. They're just getting postponed. You know, you're procrastinating on solving your problems. So I had to use Dahan. Yeah. I had to use Dahan and defense to get my damage out there, which isn't bad. If you're used to controlling people, this will be quite easy, I think, for you. It's just I want those who are listening to be aware of Mm. the fact that if you want to do damage consistently right out the gate, you will have to use some Tahan. Yes, you can go and grab some offense cards, of course, and find some beast cards in the major and minor power deck, perhaps, that can get you some damage for the beasts that are there. I understand that, of course. I'm just speaking of the capabilities that you have at game start. So I had to stall and stall and stall the invaders while generating fear at the same time. Luckily, though, I was, in a solo game, able to get so many fear cards and raise a terror level quite quickly to level 3 by turn 6. On turn 6, I was able to get it to terror level 3, which is really nice. Problem, though, is that I had a ton of people on my board. Uh. (laughs) One thing that was kind of cool, though, was how I was able to use beast tokens. It was really cool. I have so many choices because I'm like, I can use them for fear, use them for defense, I can control them, and I can gather them from really far away to away. Mm. That was really cool. And because of the card Guide the Way in Feathered Wings, I can even move to Han with beasts. You can move beasts, and then you can move to Han with the beasts. Which thematically is weird to think about. Of it's kind of like, cool, though. Or just like the lore of, like, I don't know, are these Dahan running with a pack of 
wolves or something? Mm. Or I guess, well, many like minds is like imagery. a swarm or something. It can be, yeah. So, like, on the card art, they have, like, a bunch of birds flying over, and the Dahan are following the birds. Like, hey, this way. It kind of reminds me of, like, when a dog has found something in a movie, and, what is it, boy? What have you found? And the dog goes and runs to the thing that he found, or whatever. <laughs> or, like, in episode eight, how the uh-huh. crystal foxes are like, wait, look, the crystal foxes are gone. They're going this way, and they follow them. <clears throat> Sorry, I can only talk about yeah, them. Well, <clears throat> why are you even bringing those up? Are those real movies? <laughs> I can only talk about them for so long. Anyway, but you get the idea. The humans are spectating and observing this animal that's trying to lead them somewhere, and so they go follow the animal. I imagine to the you maybe think about the casino planet. <laughs> I hate that whole sequence. Why do they even put that in? We're losing it. <laughs> Bring it back. They get the clear. <laughs> I'd rather watch Charger Beans. I think I agree. <laughs> anyway, Beats, I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit Island. Okay. Anyway, so I really like the fact that you can do all these things with beasts. Of all the things that you can do, it's funny that the one thing you can't do is damage. But I think that's fair because damage is really important. Mm. So, no, you can't do damage, but you can do literally everything else. <laughs> In a swarm of locusts, like, what can yeah. they really do? I think this character could be really effective on a team game. And I've seen this character played twice on team games. When I played as Many Minds, it was the third time that I played a game with Many Minds in it. But I'll get to that point later in a few minutes here. Anyway, so what was kind of funny was I started late game to look for major powers, and I wanted to find a really big one, because I wanted to make sure that since I'm controlling people, I was able to move bad guys over here, and I was able to move some explorers or push a town over here, or maybe another town into one spot, and I was able to go and grab some fear cards that were really handy that allowed me to also get some manipulation of invaders because of a fear card that I found, which is really nice. Point being, I had a lot of people in one spot, so I had a dedicated problem spot. So I was like, oh man, I want to find a good card here that I can go and like just smack them really hard. Well, I was able to find Pyroclastic Flow, hey. which was a major power card, and it was fast, and it was only three energy, and I had enough energy to pull it off. So Pyroclastic Flow has to come from a mountain, and it says two damage, destroy all explorers. If the target land is jungle and wetland, then you add a blight. But if you have the elemental thresholds, it's plus four damage, add a wild token. So, in total, if you can reach a threshold, that's six damage but you destroy all explorers. Mm. Which means that none of that six damage has to be wasted on explorers. You kill all the explorers, which means your six damage can be saved for buildings. Ironically, that is precisely, precisely what I did. And it was really cool because all the bad guys on my board that I confided them in was on one spot. And I'd only blighted once during the game, but Pyroclastic Flow actually adds another one. If, of course, it's in a jungle or wetland, which, ironically, it was. So this card would have blighted the island for me by flipping the blight card. However, the spirits win immediately whenever a win condition is met. So technically, I got it just in the nick of time. So it was my coastal wetland that had a lot of problems for me. That was where I had a lot of bad guys there. So I was able to use this big major to hit my problem spot. And as a result, I was able to clinch victory because I was at terror level three. Funny thing, though, is in doing so, I realized that this character felt like a combination of other characters. I felt like I was a combination of Nightmare, Fangs, and Finder. I Mm. felt like Nightmare because I needed to use Dahan and Defense to get damage dealt out there. That's the only way that Nightmare can do damage, is by defending and let Dahan just naturally Mm counterattack. I felt like Fangs because I was a fear-generating beast user. That is exactly what Fangs is doing. But I felt like Finder because I used Control to stall the game the whole time until I found a heavy-hitting Major. Granted, I also had to use defense during the game, not control exclusively. But I'm saying I heavily used control to stall the game. Yes, in tandem with defense as well. And I know that Finder likes to find defense cards as well to help out. Oh, yeah. So in that way, I felt like Finder because I had to stall the game until I could collect people into a big group and then just find a big (laughs) knockout punch card to just boom hit everyone. So in my experience, Many Minds, in my opinion, has a tendency to blight just a few more times from the three games I've seen. It might be related to the inability to take the invaders off the board consistently. Okay. I think this particular statement of mine is more prevalent in a solo game because, like I said, if you have a two-player game, at least you have another guy to do the damage. When I played as Starlight, my buddy was playing as Many Minds. So while Many Minds was going and stalling people, Starlight in that game was going around and going fire 
fire crazy and destroying stuff. So, yes, we had one staller and fear collector, and the other guy was being a damage dealer. So it actually kind of yin-yanged just fine. Here, though, I didn't have that yang. So I was just kind of like, quick, find something. It's doable. I'm just saying, I think you should take that into account when you're playing this character solo. One thing that's interesting, though, was one thing I mentioned a few minutes ago was that this is the third game I've seen where Many Minds was participating. This time, of course, I was playing as Many Minds. Yeah. But I've played in three games with Many Minds as a part of those teams. Two of those three games were fear victories. I think that's something that should be taken note of. Even though I've only played three games where Many Minds was a part of, two of those three games were fear victories. I'll do you one better. When I played Many Minds, also a fear victory. Was it really? Yep. How often do you get fear victories? Man. Because I can remember that the number of times before Jagged Earth is two... Although, I can't remember what my first two were. I want to say like but under all 20% I know is, percent yeah. or something. A fifth of the time. So it's uncommon to It's uncommon. Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Usually it's three and we're trying to figure out, can we pick off these last three cities? Yeah. Well, like the three cities remaining to trigger ah. level three type of thing. Mm-hmm. So a fear victory usually happens for me if I'm playing a fear spirit. A bringer drinks and nightmares mm-hmm. or fangs. I think we, did we get one with? When we you were did. Playing? Yeah. When you were playing fangs, we, we got one. So so yeah, if there's someone who's like very much on the fear aspect. I never get a fear victory without someone on the team being a fear person. I think the thing about Solo, just how you're pointing out, that it really shines a light or like puts under a microscope the flaw yeah. of a spirit. I think that's actually kind of helpful because mm. you know exactly in what way you're lacking. Yeah. Because you can be like, here, pow, it's clear to the player what you're lagging in. But that's cool, though, because in future games, you're going to know how to build your teams a bit better because you know not just the strengths, but also the weaknesses of each guy. The big glaring weakness that you found. But Mm -hmm. you sound like you still had a fun game. Oh, I did. I think this character is a lot of fun. With my one game that I've played, I still think I would prefer Sharp Fangs. Okay. With that being said, though, I think that Many Minds might be able to do a few more things, though. Like, has more choices to do more things. It's just those things won't be as consistent as Sharp Fangs, because Sharp Fangs commits to fewer things, but can do those things really well, really consistently from turn to turn. Ranging Hunt is an innate that can be done every single turn. And I think it should be within the Sharp Fangs player's budget, so to speak, and gameplay style to endeavor the best you can to trigger that innate. I can't wait until we like analyze sharp fangs oh i know i can't wait to get into our analysis in our intro we always talk about strategies and analysis and yet we have technically yet to do so <laughs> uh, i think this right here is us talking about strategies i know we do a little bit of strategies along the way but i'm talking about one episode to one guy bam i'm agreeing with you that's what i'm saying yeah, i can't wait to just get to one character it's gonna be a good one yep i'm gonna I do a lot of pushback about the blade restrictions and i have loopholes to get around them which so. i don't know if we've talked about like that i can't wait for you to discuss your little dance that you yeah. do for the loophole we can actually demonstrate why we're actually good at this game. No, I can't. <laughs> and in the same way, I can hear you go ham verbally on Finder. Oh, one Which day. One day more. One day more. <laughs> anyway. Many minds. Go for I it. did not play solo this spirit. Yeah. Real quick, I think we brought this up. This spirit should be high complexity. Yes. I agree. I agree. So much to keep track of with this moving from two way of the beast. Yeah. Your presence is beast if it's a sacred site. And there's like so much going on, especially with all the gathering and pushing, the amount of control. Having played Finder, this is sometimes more of a headache for me Mm. than Finder of like, wait a minute, did I already move there? How far can I move? Right. Push. Where am I headed to next? Where's the swarm going? It's a lot to keep going. It is. My game was a four player game with your brother and his wife wife and mm-hmm. Laura. One thing that stood out to me in that game that I really loved is that one defense card where you can make someone else's presence yeah. become defensive. So it's called Boon of Swarming Bedevilment. Which, by the way, in solo play was really great for me because I can move more often because, yes, it says target another spirit. Boon in solo. But in a solo game, that means me. Woo-hoo! I want to do a serpent <laughs> solo game because that's got to be weird. That's got to be weird. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway, that card actually changes in functionality based on a solo game, so I was 
was able to use that card for movement. Well, I could not. <laughs> I had to choose another spirit, but I chose JP, who was playing Wildfire, because Wildfire is not defensive spirit. So if we needed to defend one or two in the land, you know, I would target him. But right. here's the fun part. Okay, for the rest of this turn, it's a fast power, zero cost. For the rest of this turn, each target spirit's presence grants defend one in land. Cool. There's minor mm-hmm. powers that do that. Yep. And it was helpful for JP to help him in a pinch. Right, because Wildfire doesn't do that naturally. No defense. What we liked, or we figured out, the target spirit may push one of their presence. Mm-hmm. So for Wildfire, when a presence is moved or added to land, it does damage. Aww, so we almost did that. Yeah. <laughs> I see. <laughs> we would blight it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we would take out the town. But don't worry, Laura's playing downpour, right? Yes, and so. we, <laughs> we were sucking up all that blight. So but it, it actually was, worked great. It was a cool thing where at first we were doing like, okay, you know, we need to defend two. JP has a sacred side here. We're fine, you know? Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, this can push. And we realized that with the pushing, we can do damage. Just making Wildfire that much stronger. Yeah. I guess the major thing, like you said, playing with a team, I was just able to defend and help other people defend. Yeah. And I didn't see as much as that limitation of offense. Right. It's not going to be as clear to you because you're on a team game. I'm playing with three other people. Yep. So the major thing that stood out for me is, you know, you're spitting out beasts so easily. There's literally one card that can spit out two. two ever multiplying swarm at yep. two beasts. Yep. Simple as that. You're just adding beasts. Yep. I get to spit them out, move them around. We played with an event deck, and almost every single event was using beasts. Yeah. Where it was causing fear or yep. doing damage or pushing people. In my experience, when I'm playing as a Strife or a Disease user, I get the events that use Tahan and Oh, beast. no! But then when I'm a Tahan user or a Beast <laughs> user, I always get the, the events beast? that use Strife oh. and Disease. I can never get it to a line. I think it's one of those times where we were like talking about your game with Lore did all the stars align perfectly yep. to have the yep. most epic game because yep. I was like another one uses beasts yep. I think you almost might have to use events if you're using many minds yeah well events are definitely slightly more biased towards token users. token users yep and I have a slight issue with that that we'll talk about in a future episode but yes this would be a character that could take advantage of all of those beasts using event cards because I had this army and people are like oh wow we can do something because of John's beasts yeah. So I think that is why that game was different than yours. Yeah. Just because, like you said, it's kind of hard to have that crutch. Yeah. Dude, I was spending beasts left and right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I never felt like I had a ton on the board because I was constantly sacrificing them. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, when you're alone, I'm like, I have to. I was was adding them in my growth. In my card play. More. I felt like Jenny Lind. Regardless <laughs> of how many beasts I had, it was never enough. Never, never. <laughs> I feel like we had such opposite never games. Never enough. Because then, to top it all off, I picked up Sea Monsters. Hey! We even talked about <laughs> Sea Monsters being in possession of many minds and how fun that could be. It was incredible. We now were the, able to get eight fear. Now the fear's capped at eight, but here's what was really cool. Laura played Gift of Abundance on me, yeah. and I was able to repeat Sea Monsters. Nice. <laughs> so nice. that one is the game. I bet. But it was just like, all the stars aligned, and I had this, like, I felt like this powerful army of Jaguars, and yeah. Ryan's just like, I didn't know, I just felt bad. No, that's totally fine. It's like I said, I think stars this aligned. character will shine better in team games. In team games, and then I just had lucky events. Where, yep. I mean, events, always the top part is like, yep. oof. It's yep. tough. But then if they use beasts, you know, it's a totally different experience if you have like a sharp fangs or yep. many minds. So I'm not too much of a fan of defense, but I like the fear part of it. Yeah. I was usually triggering the three fear defend four. Well, his innates can be done really easily. Yeah. All fast, which was very fun. There's literally one power, which is the yeah. two beasts that is a slow. This is a very fast spirit. That is intoxicating. So that was fun. But also I would be like, oh yeah, I have no slows this turn. Right. A lot of the time. Where sometimes I kind of like the planning ahead. Yeah. Especially with control spirits. Sometimes it's actually helpful to have some slows. Because yeah. you're like, all right, what else can I do now that they've done after stuff? After they built. After kind of weird. It, it feels like you're permanently playing the blitz scenario. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, again, kind of tiring for me. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's all at once. Yes. It's all in one phase. You got to do all of your stuff. I like that planning ahead or like mm-hmm. the, the in-between. And sometimes you just got to see where the dust settles. Right. I wonder if this character would feel different if other characters let him do fast power slow. Because 
there are a few ways to make fast power slow. I'm yeah. just wondering how this character's I would strategy like might change just a little bit. How did you feel on like some of the doubles? Because it has the double three, and I feel like I got stuck there in the card plays. Ah, when you say double, time. you mean yeah, when, your character, when your character would upgrade, and you're like, all right, cool, I can upgrade and improve one of my stats. I feel like I got stuck uh, on three forever, because I'm more of a top track leaning right, and person. Right, and you, whatever it was, energy or card play, it didn't improve when you upgraded, stayed the same. Yeah, no, I hate it. I hate that, yeah. So, I think that was my big thing, but it was a super fun spirit to play. Like you said, it's just so much movement, and you like movement, and right. hearing you talk about movement is just really fun. What I did is I went to three card play, and then I did energy for the rest. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I kept out of three as well. Yep. I never got to four or five, which yep. is fine. Which is fine, yeah. The game didn't last long enough for me to further upgrade, and maybe if I had green on the team or I'd found a card. Because you rushed for me, fear. Yeah. I think that's what's yeah. unique. You're thinking of fear spirits. You think of bringer dreams and nightmares, this terrifying monster right, right. nightmare. You think of mist, like this creepy ghost. Yeah. In many minds, I'm just like, oh, I forget that's like a major fear spirit. Right. So yep. I want to do a fear team. This character sometime. was really scary. This and I was shocked at how scary this character was. I think was. this was one of the top fear getters. Honestly, if we're doing I like agree. a fear based team. They say that the fear is just as good as your defense and the control is the best. I think I can agree with that, but I might say that fear and control should be tied and defense is still good, but maybe not on the same yeah, part as fear. I feel like I was you are doing so much fear. fear. Well, you can discard one beast to get two fear. Yeah. So if you discard and two beasts, three beasts, that's four, six fear. Like, yikes. And the solo game, that was really oh, crazy yeah. for me. And then add your innate to it. Yeah. This is a terrifying oh, swarm. Terrifying character. So I think we do need to do like a shadow. Shadows, many minds, mist, nightmares. Who else we got? Everyone says ocean, but ocean just well, ocean <laughs> does have an innate that just simply fear. generates straight up fear. One of the rare I ones. do consider ocean as a scary attack. Well, then fangs, like fangs, is also we've seen fangs generate a, a ton lot of, fear. of fear, right? Consistently. So if I were to have a six player, well, I guess it doesn't have to be six player. If I were to have a fear team, yeah, yeah, mist, shadows, nightmare, fangs, many minds, of course. Bringer. I could throw. Did you say bringer? I think I did. I just call it nightmare. Oh, okay. Not bringer. Whatever. Whatever. Bowden. 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 Whatever. But yeah, those four at least. You have to have nightmare, mist, shadows, and flame. And these two guys, by these two, I mean the two beasts using characters. Scary bunch. With many minds and sharp fangs. And so for your sixth, eh, throw in ocean. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of fear, people. And there also is control in there, too, because this character is fear and control. Nightmare is fear and control. Mist has fear and control. That'd be a good team. Yeah. And so if Ocean's there, let's shove them all to the drink. Yep, more fear. Foreboding shadows can move people as well, which could be pretty cool. One thing, though, that I forgot to mention was my game with Many Minds was also documented on our Facebook. So I will go ahead and put the link to that one as well. So anywho, there you guys go. Starlight seeks its form and Many Minds Move as One, our opinions on them now that we've played as them from the finalized version in comparison to the beta versions, I mean. So until next time, we will go and talk about Volcano and Stone and maybe find her if we have the time. So until next time, we will catch you guys on the Flippity Flip. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at The Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at The KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.